Today's episode of The Wretched Hive is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com forward slash hive. That's H-I-V-E in case you can't spell hive. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Welcome to The Wretched Hive Podcast. I got a bad feeling about this. Moss Eisley Spaceport. What are you talking about? You will never find the more wretched hive of scum and villainy. This is ridiculous. We must be cautious. Actually, we're just a bunch of guys talking about Star Wars and other stuff. I'm looking forward to having some real talk with some real folks. That's good news. I like the sound of that. There have been some huge announcements for movies that are coming out. Sci-fi movies that we have never talked about. I'm, have you heard about Dune? I, I think I've heard about that. It's a book. Something, right? It, it's been around for a while. Des- <laughs> desert, maybe cowboy, yeah. Arabian films? Something like that, okay. yeah. All right. yeah. And if the, you're previous, the previous movie does have somewhat of a connection to uh, Star Wars as well. It does, and maybe we should talk about that because you have found the Wretched Hive podcast for Friday, August 9th, 2019, episode 93 of the show. My name is Steve Baldwin, and the entire Hive is with us tonight. Let's start it off, as we always do with introductions, with the Wookiee co-pilot, Greg Lent. Steve, believe me when I tell you I am excited to be here for another great week of Star Wars and mm. other talk and I am excited to hear from potential or possible superheroes from the Marvel Universe. Mm. What I, what are you referring to? I'm not sure what you're saying. Uh, I'm, I don't know what I'm saying. I'm just talking right. off, the, off, off the top of my head. Okay. And perhaps, possibly, there's somebody in the room who has starred in a Marvel movie. Are you Maybe saying we, we may hear from someone who is named in a... Marvel movie credit sequence. To quote the great David Lee, I would say, Yeah! All right. Okay, then. Uh, also on the show, as always, he is a lifelong Star Wars fan, Sky! Ivansky. Hey, Steve. It's so good to be here. It's good to be alive right now. Mm. I had a nice uh, trek through our great state of California saw an entire state on fire and turned around and came back. Why? Because it's dedication to the show. I wanted to make sure I was here for the recording of tonight. You can't miss Scott was just going to drive straight into the fire and just be like, that's it, guys. I'm absolutely sure that's what you, told, out. what you told Mrs. Ivansky, right? No, we got to turn around right now. Podcast. I've got a show to do. It's podcast time. We got to go home. Uh, also on the show tonight, I'm so glad he's here. He is the captain of the Nico Rodriguez. That's me. Hi. Hello. How Hi, are you? Nico. Oh, hey. Hi, guys. Made Good. it this How week. How are you? I'm well. How's the I new think. place? It's great. It's fantastic. It's beautiful. It's amazing. My girlfriend has done an amazing job organizing and decorating everything. Mm-hmm. She even got me some little succulents you can see here behind me. I have my little stormtrooper up on a shelf. Oh, very That's where nice. he lives. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but life's stressful right now. Changing jobs, oh. breaking cars, you know. Millennial stuff. Fun, fun, fun. 
Yeah. FBI times. investigations. That, Ooh. And that's why you're on this show. Dogs right? and you cats can't... living together. Yeah. <laughs> Mass hysteria. <laughs> and finally. So you I've... have a Star Wars prequel script for me. We have. Well, your kids are going to love this movie because a major part of it has to do with the taxation of trade routes to outlying star systems. <laughs> Dave! So Obi-Wan is an apprentice in this movie. Under no circumstances. Anyway, so this bad guy Darth Sidious orders the Viceroy to kill the Jedi. Should you ever. Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan are going to use force speed to run super fast and escape. And I mean... Oh, force speed. I bet that's going to come in handy later in the movie. They will never use it again. It's kind of angry. Ever! They're going to try to warn the Naboo of an invading army by flying in with the invading army? That's right. <laughs> Call him. So then they're going to go to Tatooine and realize they need a new part for their ship. Bummer. And Jar Jar is going to step in poo. Are people going to think that's funny? Yeah, poop is hilarious. <laughs> And fart jokes. <laughs> Call him. Oh, people want to see Darth Vader as a little boy, right? <laughs> oh, God. Harry. We're also going to imply that midichlorians are what fathered Anakin. We're implying that tiny life forms somehow banged Darth Vader's mom. <laughs> oh, shit. Potter. Well, this bad guy Darth Maul is going to kill Qui-Gon. I can't wait to see what this bad guy does in future movies. Oh, he's going to die. Oh, he is. Why did you use one of Nico's rants from long ago for Dave's intro? It's That's crazy. Funny. Well, it's it's such a great sounding movie. I can't wait to see that. Hmm. Oh that was my strong. god, that was pretty strong. Hmm. Oh man, hey everybody out there, good afternoon, good morning, good evening to you, wherever, whenever, however you are listening to us. We are here. We are five by five, perhaps plus one. Perhaps plus one. Perhaps. Get thumbs up. Okay, that's good. Uh, we could say I plus one. For you. I have a question for you, Chris. I would love to do a production of Titus Andronicus entirely in mime and with blood packs. What do you think? Are you in? I would give my right hand for that. Oh. <laughs> nice. Oh, thank you, sir. Chris Evans, longtime, longtime friend of the show and friend of Dave because he helped uh, helped me and the missus move a couple of weekends ago along with Stevie B and Mr. Greg Lent. How Nico and Scott it? did not, though, so they are not friends of Dave this week. Because so. they're assholes. I know, right? No, that's okay. Dave didn't help Nico move, so Dave is no ne- friend you know what? of Nico. You know what, Nico? That's, you know what? That's a fair point. We can, we can trade on that. Dave also didn't ask Nico to help him move. Nico just heard about beer and pizza and the text messages that were happening, quote unquote, tomorrow. Oh, so, oh. so wait, the... Nico, you got text messages? Because I didn't get any of those while I was in the hospital getting tested for dying. Sounds like Greg, Greg loves what? it when everybody died. talks about themselves <laughs> in the third person. I don't know what I'm just I know, right? <laughs> what? Sounds like Nico's. There's a little bit of guilt there. Yeah, so no. A no. Little, little, bit of, little huh? guilty. Yeah. I'm not guilty. <laughs> Guilty. I'm just going to say that wrong. all night because I was dying. That's all I'm going to say. Well, we do, have a, we do have a plus one with us tonight. Our good friend Chris is here in studio with us in the palatial Hello, friend, Chris. Wretched Hello. Hive studio. Chris Evans, He uh, he's he's observing tonight. as uh, He's intellectually curious about how we do this. 
That's okay. Um, I'm intellectually curious about how we do this too. And a lot of booze and, and bullshit. We're intellectually <laughs> defunct, is what we are on this show. Years, so, right? We've been. Chris may not say too much tonight, but he's here and he's with us in the room. How you doing, buddy? Wonderful. Glad. I'm so glad you're here. <laughs> Move on. He is here just in case some <laughs> drops a Shakespeare reference, then he's going to be oh, fucking yeah. all over us like white on goddamn rice. Oh man! And if you have ever dropped a Shakespeare reference. And been corrected by uh, your best friend. Man, um, I did this morning, actually. he knows it was, what he's talking about, and you don't. It was 45 minutes in the bathroom. Wow. It's amazing. <laughs> he had dropped some rebels in the old Sarlacc pit there. Uh, give us a call. Let us know all about it on the Wretched Hive hotline. That's 562-455-4483. That's 562-455-HIVE. That's H-I-V-E. In case you can't spell Hive. And you can also find us online at thewretchedhive.net. You can find us on Facebook. That's facebook.com forward slash Wretched Hive Podcast. We love you, Facebook. Uh, you can also find us on Twitter. God damn, it's getting scary in here. It is. <laughs> Am I sweating? You just made out that, with your uh, mind. Do, man, you were all over that. Oh, think about the uh, the porg uh, in the corner. Uh, at Wretch Hive Pod on Twitter. Uh, Wretched Hive 77 on the old Instagram. You can email the show at show to show at wretchedhive.net. Uh, you can find our app on the Apple App Store. Search the App Store for Wretched. Uh, you can find us on Google Podcasts, on Stitcher, and of course, the best way to listen to the show is on Apple Podcasts. So, guys, we've got a shit ton of news to do come we? tonight. Yeah, we do. It's, it's do been we? a busy couple of weeks. So let's jump right in with the news. Here we go. From ABC News World Headquarters, this is ABC World News Tonight. No, it's not. It's Star Wars news with the Wretched Hive. So be it. Uh-oh. I think I broke something. Whoa. <laughs> Give me one second here, guys. You can say all kinds of stuff about me and I could not hear what you're saying. Now I can. Never mind. Chris is here and Steve is just all flustered and distracted. Oh. Has anybody else noticed that? Yeah, because yeah, yeah. I, I never make producer mistakes on this show in never. the past. Never. Uh, guys, uh, it has been a very busy, busy news week. And uh, the first story we're going to cover is kind of a huge one guys disney announced this week disney plus is coming soon like in a couple months that that is brand new information right there yeah but what what, what is not <laughs> so brand new potter is that uh they announced the price so we now know disney plus bundled with hulu and espn 12.99 a month you're gonna get something like 3,000 movies. This is a collider.com. You're going to get 4,000 Disney properties plus all the new stuff, all of Marvel phase four. You're going to get the Falcon and winter soldier, Hawkeye, WandaVision. We covered all that last episode. You're going to get the Mandalorian. Ooh, here's one for you, Dave high school musical. Oh, he's, he's pumped for that. Get that. Please, 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 please uh, be Song of the South. All of the classic Disney movies. Song of the South. Um, Song yes. of the South. But get nope, this. <laughs> well, you're also going to get all the ESPN content. 30 for 30, in addition to hundreds of games, plus Hulu. Nice. 
So who's signing up? I'm Me? Yep. Yeah. Everyone's raising Guys, I've been thinking about it. I don't think I really need all that entertainment. <laughs> yep. I knew Greg was going to be out. But yeah, Dave, why I, are you I, not I did that $12 a month instead. So Dave, you mentioned that you're already paying for Hulu, though. Right? Yeah, so, so we'll just bundle the package. Yep. Yeah. It's going to be just what? Like, like on prom night, we will bundle the package <laughs> and everything will be fine. So the is, hell this, is, is this going to... Nico, is this going to help people cut the cord with their cable? I mean, you're getting Hulu, which is all a, a lot of television, right? That's not live as it airs, but live maybe the next day. You get ESPN. You get all the Disney stuff. Maybe add HBO well, when you're done, right? When you're saying people, you're talking about older than millennials, right? Yeah. Because millennials already don't have cable. Yeah, I was going to say, riddle me this, Batman. Out of the six of us who are on this show tonight, how many of us still have, quote-unquote, the cord? Yeah, none That's of us. That's me for me, too. No, I, I think I think one of us yeah. does. That's. I saw two hands. <laughs> yeah. Steve and Dave. It's, yeah. it's, getting, it's getting close. Yeah. What... How often do you actually watch cable TV, and what do you watch it for? I watch cable TV every day, because I tend to watch news shows. He watches Fox News. I do not watch Fox News. What a Fake fucking news. toilet of an abomination. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. It's O-A-N-N. That's what it is. The one Jesus American news. Christ. That's what, that's what it is. Oh, that is, Fox News is a step up from that piece of turd. <laughs> Wow. Fox News looks like the intellectual smart friend at that particular party. And <laughs> our NRA TV, NRA TV, then maybe it's just, maybe. Am I am I getting close yet? No, you're not. No, you're not. <laughs> you're just trolling me. You're just right, trolling me. All right, so Dave, this is going to cost you twelve ninety nine. Yeah. Plus, you add YouTube TV for forty bucks. I'm not you're, adding YouTube TV. Or 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 what else? What else do you need? Uh, enlighten you, me. Nico. Like, How do you watch your shows? Cable TV is still useful for real-time news, yeah. which you you can't really get a live video, a good live video feed anywhere else. Uh, there's a lot of sporting events that are not yet available. Some of the sports networks are not yet available. <coughs> not all of them, Mr. Smartass. It does not broadcast every sporting event. <laughs> I was watching they the Dodger should. game today at work sir that's all i have to say mm. is that really a sporting event though <laughs> well wow damn allegedly allegedly i'll, I'll, I'll give you that one dave I was, I was today was earlier i have not shit talked to the dodger people on this show enough for being swept by the angels for the love of god still in first place still the first place team in the entire league yeah and how and realistically how far has that gotten you the last three years uh, what, wow! They weren't that... what, first oh. of all, one must understand baseball to talk trash about baseball. Yeah, that's, all right. So just that. just back away from the mic a little bit. Oh. It's and, a bunch of and dudes secondly, swinging you can't talk trash balls. about the best team in baseball. It's really hard. Yeah, it is. It's very. It's actually not that hard. Watch Especially when you have inac- <laughs> Dave of all people having inaccurate <laughs> information about the Dodgers from the previous two years. I don't understand this. Shocking. I thought he was a smart guy on the show. We have to reevaluate Numbers. this. Hey, I, I am smart. I can count the number of World Series they've won. Yeah, can you? In the last couple of years, uh, yeah. No, oh, nice little <laughs> add-on there. I was gonna say, really zero? They've only. I won can count zero. all the World Series they've won since yesterday. How about that, guys? Oh wow! <laughs> Check Thank out the big proving... brain on bread. All right, let's bring, bring it back. Point. Bring it back to. Bring it back to what we're talking about here, guys. Greg, <laughs> it, are you signing? I I know your cable situation, Greg, and and and. 
let's not go there. But are you are you signing up for this? <laughs> are you signing up for this, Greg Lent? Twelve ninety nine a month. You're going to get all the Disney content. In, you know, I was room. I was already in for Disney Plus. I was right. I was I was a day one subscriber. I had told everybody I was signing up. I was the first one out of this group to say I was signing up. You didn't even have to say any. You had to say Mandalorian. I before you even finished the word Mandalorian, I was already like I'm in. But right. you add in the thirty for thirty documentaries, <laughs> and and I am fucking chubbing out right here in front of everybody. You can see my giant chub right here in front that of everybody. That is nothing new. God, break up all the camera, please. My he God. does that often, right? <laughs> and usually when we get together, it's strange. I'm going to tell mom you're whooping out your chub in front of the dudes. She's not here, so. All right, Scott, oh, are you yeah. signing up? Are you paying for this? I am, and unlike Greg, I was the one who was very skeptical and not going to do it. So I am in because they're packaging. And I brought this yeah. up on the show saying that they were going to do the whole thing with Hulu. And if it's just a couple bucks more, I'm all in. Are you saying that somebody at Disney is listening to this show taking cues from you? Yes. Okay. Fair the enough. guy in the back in <laughs> Burbank. Fair enough. That's that's it. Nico is being very polite, so we should acknowledge that here. Hang on. I have the talking pillow. Um, are they still going to do a Disney Plus only? Yes. Like we heard rumored, the like $4 one or whatever. So Disney Plus only, Disney Plus six. standalone is six ninety nine. Okay. Hmm. Which is still which is still a really good price. It is. Yeah, because yeah. I'm, I'm sharing a Hulu account. And what's legal? the other one? ESPN? Like, who sports? What? So... Twelve ninety nine for me is a no go, but I'm down for the solo Disney Plus. All right, they will they will take your money however you want to give it to them. Nico is my my guess, right? Uh, exactly. During the uh, the call when this was announced, Disney CEO Bob Iger Bob Iger called the, Bob Iger. the streaming service the most important product the company has launched in my tenure. Yeah, how is it that Bob Iger's words coming out of Steve's mouth actually put us to sleep? How does that, <laughs> that, that is that is how powerful Bob that Iger's magic is. Fucking strong. Well, listen, he's doing something right, guys, because uh, over at ScreenRant.com, they've got a nice little article. Disney owns eight of the ten biggest movies of all time, guys. Yeah, eight of the ten. That's nuts. That is. That's nuts. Uh, check out the, check out the top five movies for 2019 so far. What are the two yeah. that are not in that top ten? What are the, one what are those? is Titanic. Uh, Jurassic World, right? Is that another one? Titanic and Jurassic World. Uh, Jurassic World is in the top ten, yes. Who, who is Titanic? That's not Fox's Titanic? Who is Titanic? Titanic is uh, Paramount. Paramount. Oh. Yep, and Universal owns uh, Jurassic World. So that's that's the yeah. tricky thing is it was a joint venture between Paramount and Fox, and Paramount has the distribution rights. Is that correct, Dave? Perfect. That is correct. Yeah, yeah. Because Fox, yeah. I think Fox was trying. Fox made the movie, but Cameron went so far over budget they had to bring a partner studio in yeah. to help front the cost, and that's how Paramount got distribution rights and winds up with it being a Paramount movie. Yeah. Got it. Bet Fox. I bet Fox wishes they had that money back. Yeah. Uh, now, at the same time that they um, they they Disney released to shareholders their plans for Disney Plus, um, they also talked about Fox, and Fox struggled this last year. Um, Thanks, X Men. Article at uh, HollywoodReporter.com. Disney sets course for pared down 20th Century Fox, 
amid a $170 million loss. And uh, this is uh, this article is saying the label could make 10 or more movies this year with half headed directly to Disney's new streaming service. And uh, you nailed it on the head there, Scott. They blamed largely for this big loss, Dark Phoenix, which took a, a big hit. Yeah. Uh, was expected to do very well. Um, but was it, though? Really? Was it, though? Well, I mean, Fox was banking on it, sure. It was. It's, it was. It's a convenient it was, scapegoat. Yeah, it was already pushed back. Its production or its release date was pushed back a couple of times. It was supposed to come out sometime in 2017. Originally, got pushed all the way through 2018 and and into 2019. If I'm not mistaken, mm-hmm. they reshot the entire ending because it was too close to uh, another certain female-centric superhero movie that came out maybe just a month beforehand. Okay. I don't know. How 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 confident were they in this movie doing well? Because I can well, tell you that the two scenes that I saw of it, you know, a month before it was released in the theaters, it was a piece of shit then. Yeah. Yeah. It didn't look very good. Uh, Dark Phoenix cost two hundred million to produce before the marketing, and earned just two hundred fifty million worldwide. Yeah, that's bad. So that's by horrible. by today's that's numbers, horrible. that that's a flop. Um, by any number, by yeah. any standard, that's a flop. Uh, again, Bob Iger saying that uh, the Fox Studio performance was well below where it had been and well below where we'd hoped it would be when we made the acquisition. Yeah, that's bad even compared to like 2000s X, X-Men. So, There's some, who's chat dancing in the background? Yeah, what's the background noise there? Is somebody uh, cleaning house, doing dishes? What's going yes, on there, Nico? taking out the trash. That's uh, uh, my bad. All right, that's fine. All right. Does she um, need a salad spinner by any chance? Because I could send her one. No, we have one. Thank you. Nice. Yeah. Uh, so so we, we've, we've hit on Disney. We've hit on Fox. We need to talk a little bit about what I alluded to in the intro, which is Warner Brothers coming hard with Dune. The WB. Yeah. This, this just Michigan J. Frog himself. Talk. Hello, my baby. I mean, Hello, my honey. They push Hello, back. back but get this. This is why this is significant. Um, this is uh, Forbes.com reporting that Warner Brothers moved uh, Dennis Villeneuve's Dune from back, the release date. They push it back from November 20th, 2020. They push it back a month to December 18th. So they're banking on hitting big while everybody's on vacation that uh, this is going to be a big movie for them, for Warner Brothers. It's uh, an interesting gamble because, you know, I think while all of us liked Blade Runner 2049 a lot, Denis Villeneuve, his last movie, he hasn't really had a huge... Blockbuster. He also made mm-hmm. what the the Arrival. He, that was his made, other movie. Yeah, he made the Arrival, which is just an astoundingly good it's, science it's, fiction. It film. is a oh, it is so a great excellent. great hard Jesus. sci-fi movie. Which I I would argue that Blade Runner twenty forty nine is a great great hard sci-fi movie. But they yeah. don't bring in the audience numbers. And yeah. and Dune is not the easiest story to bring to the screen either so i am that is crazy talk sir (laughs) i i don't i don't know i don't know i mean i am all for them bringing it and 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 bring it to the screen and pushing it and trying to get an audience to come in but you're going to get a core group of people and everybody else is going to fuck off so yeah 
Yeah. Uh, I don't, I don't the, know. It's the it's, arrival did have an emotional core to hang its head on. I just Christine and I watched it, and when you get when it got to the end of it, Christine looked at me and said, "I don't cry in movies, but I want to cry at the end of this movie." Like yeah. it, it really got to both of us. Blade yeah. Runner twenty forty nine was just a spectacular visual achievement. The story left me a little cold, but. I don't care. It was that pretty of a movie to look at and watch. Just yeah. visually gorgeous. I, I don't I don't even care if Dune is good or bad. I'm going to go see it just for the visuals because this guy is a freaking genius. Yeah. Mm. Yep. Nah, they, I, it's, I, I agree. I agree. I'll go, I'll go see it uh, because I want to see what he brings to the screen and I want to see it on a big screen. But I don't know I don't know that it's going to attract a, a big group of people. I just, I just don't see it. Yeah, bear with me. It kind of reminds me of... Um... Uh, that Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe thing. The first one out the gate, I think it made a decent amount of money, but they kept trying to do the whole series. Mm-hmm. And you're talking about yeah. a niche market that doesn't get outside of that, those boundaries. Right. So I, the Dune has always been that way to me. I, it, I find it fascinating. I, I enjoyed all 27 cuts of the movie, of the original one. Um, but I don't know. I think it's going to find a hard, uh, have a hard time so, finding its audience. Real, real quick, judges ruling. Chris, Chris Evans. Niche or niche? Niche. Thanks, sir. Okay. Excellent. Rolling. We appreciate that. I can, like see, I can see where Dave's going after me tonight. By the way, fine. also, <laughs> also, um, <laughs> have you guys seen the cast for this movie? Holy cow! Uh, for Dune, we're talking Timothy Chalamet, Zendaya. Yeah. Who's Zendaya? She is Mary Jane. Mary Jane, oh, Mary Jane. Okay. she was in the greatest gotcha. show on earth. Gotcha. Okay. Euphoria. Jason, Jason Momoa, Rebecca Ferguson, Josh Brolin, Aquaman. Javier Thanos. Bardem, hmm. Ooh, Oscar Trendo. Isaac. Wow. Poe Dameron. He's in Star Wars, isn't he? Yeah. I think. I think so. And Dave Bautista. Drax himself. Drax. It's a huge cast. Okay. Amazing. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see how this goes. Uh, and they've been successful in the past with um, Harry Potter releases around the holiday season, Twilight with Warner Brothers. Let's talk it's... about the old cast of the last Dude movie. You had Patrick Stewart, Jose yep. Ferrer, yep. Kyle MacLachlan, yep. Sting, mm. the singer, not the wrestler. <laughs> I didn't even know there was <laughs> What a year was that movie released? 1982. 1984. 84. Okay. Yeah. Okay. It's one of the coolest scenes when... Um, I don't know the characters at all, but (laughs) of course, when what's his name makes the other guy's organs explode from the inside, he uses his mind powers or whatever it is. Yeah, uses the force. Yeah, bitching. Anyway, I'm I'm psyched about that. I saw that and I'm like, we got to talk about Dune. Dune's gonna be cool. Well, you you brought in the comparison of Harry Potter and Harry Potter was back and forth. Most of them were Mm -hmm. released around the holidays, usually around Thanksgiving. Around Thanksgiving, yeah. And they did very well. Mm-hmm. Now, there were a couple I think they did in the summer. One was one of the Deathly Hollow films, and the other one yes. was uh, the third one. I think that one came out in the summer as well. But all of them seemed to do fairly well, wherever their release dates were. So so this is Forbes saying that uh, they're lining this up to be the Star Wars slash Lord of the Rings of the 2020 holiday season. Yeah, I'm going to disagree with that. Mm. I don't think... You know, there's... we talked about top ten movies. That kind of surprised The last Harry Potter movie, which was, like, did gangbusters business, is it not in the top ten? 
Not anymore. Nope. It's been knocked out. Pushed it, out. It used to. It used to be, and it's been pushed out. Okay. Because of all the Marvel all right. stuff. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. Because there's been. I mean, fucking Marvel has taken over the world. Yeah. Talking about really quick, Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Um. Was it Netflix original series? Amazon. Amazon. Yeah. Twenty episodes they announced. I just saw that today, so it's not in the show notes. But they're they're doing season one of Lord of the Rings. Twenty episodes. What? Yeah. They're also adapting a series called The Wheel of Time, which is a very popular fantasy series. You know, it's 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 more it's it's more hard fantasy than like Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones is really more soap opera y than hard fantasy, but it's in that same milieu. Judges ruling. Okay. Chris Evans. Milieu. Okay. Yep. Got thumbs Excellent. up. Very good. <laughs> so, but it's Wheel of Time, and that's gonna run. That's gonna run probably longer because that's something like a twelve book series or something like that. You know, it's really good to have someone that understands English in the room. I know because I'm first, I'm know. fucking tired of carrying all the water on this issue. Wow. So, oh damn. <laughs> uh, guys, George Lucas is doing fairly financially okay. I'm super happy about this. You he's think doing, he's doing well? Is there <laughs> any more breaking news you have for us? <laughs> Quote, because his his his. Oh, I'm sorry. We're all talking about you right now in the background because your 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 Skype account that is actually recording froze for a second, but the other account that Scott and Chris are sitting on was live, and so I'm watching you talk oh. on that one, but not hearing you oh. and and seeing your frozen mug on just your screen. Kind of like this. You were frozen. This is how you're frozen. <laughs> yeah, just like that. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, that's what I look like when I'm preparing for the show, actually. Yes. drooling um, he's got 6.4 billion in the bank guys GL pittances the original GL you know he he once wanted to be a race car driver Papa Cra- George crashed his car yep. builds his race car crashed the car um, by the way I drove through Modesto that yeah. is a shithole Oh. And I love you guys, but it's 104, and there yeah. is a ton of dairy lands out there, and it smells literally like shit out yeah. there. That's George territory there. Yeah. Built a race car for a cinematographer, yeah. back to George, and then fell in love with film. Well, and that's why I figured he Every radio car, station is fucking Wolfman Jack, too. All you get is fucking Wolfman Jack every radio station. I got that. Is he still alive? God, can't, no. He can't be. No. Oh, my God. <laughs> he was old in American Graffiti, dude. Come on. Yeah, <laughs> did he make, did Wolfman Jack make it into the 80s? I don't know. I think he did. I'm, I'm going to guess yes. I'm going to look it up right now. All right. Our, our, our guest is our – we have an intern. <laughs> our intern is looking at us. He's doing research for us. Um, Died in. So we got a guess from pre-1980 from Dave. Any other guesses for Wolfman Jack? Any other 1987. Guesses? 87? I'll go 85. 85. Oh, wow. 80, 85? 85? All you guys should be ashamed of yourself. 1995. Yeah. 1995. Wow. 95. Yeah. Wow. All right. Was he 95 in 95? Just, <laughs> he uh, may have been. Uh, no. no. He, was he, was... In, he was 57. He was fairly young. What? Yeah. Wow. I don't know. 57 when my... he died. That guy was barely. That guy was not even forty when he was in American Graffiti, and he sounded like he was like eighty years old. Oh, yeah. If anybody doesn't know, he sounded like this every time he jogged. <laughs> I'm sure you can find him on YouTube. Yeah, you I'm youngsters, sure you Wolfman Jack, or just or just fucking go watch American Graffiti, and it's all over that movie. Please do that. 
All right, so this next story is interesting. Comicbook.com reporting how Star Trek, the next generation, got to get some Trek in the show a little bit tonight since we're all over the yeah. board anyway. Um, inspired Avengers Endgame. How oh. that? Are we talking yeah. time travel here? This is a tweet that came directly from the man, Kevin Feige. The original Avengers Endgame, they were going to go back in time and trap whales. <laughs> exactly. Mm. Yes, they're going to back going back in time to look for whales. Feige says, "Quote at this is at Avengers. How'd you like to have that Twitter feed at Avengers? Pretty yeah. cool. I like the idea of allowing our characters to evolve. When I was a kid, the finale of Star Trek: The Next Generation did this very well, and more recently, Veep did a great job. Veep, anybody? Veep? Oh yeah, well, I haven't finished it yet. So funny." Yeah, that's that's a dark oh, comedy, man. It's that, dark and it's, it's hilarious. She is not a nice person. No, she's not. <laughs> <laughs> Julia Louise Dreyfus she's as my the beat. my favorite line is still "Don't give me that Quaker in a titty bar look." Answer the question. <laughs> <laughs> Such a good show. So uh, yeah, Avengers obviously are, are um, apparently also influenced by Veep. Who knew? Pretty cool. That. So the season finale of Star Trek The Next Generation, the episode uh, All Good Things, is a challenging for the time. This came out, this was aired in 1994. Challenging for the time, time travel episode, in that it's telling a story in three different time periods. The, the present time period of the TV show, the time period of right before the pilot episode of the TV show, and a time period about 30 years in the future. But it's the same story and it's done with Patrick Stewart's character kind of consciousness jumping through his character in time throughout those three eras. And Patrick Stewart is in, I think, literally every scene of that two-hour final episode of Star Trek The Next Generation. And it's just masterful in his performance. But it's a solid, solid sci-fi script from that show. Easily one of the ten best episodes of uh, Star Trek The Next Generation. That series was... One of the first series that Lisa and I watched every episode together. It was like must-watch TV for us. It was a, it, was like it was a great series. Every night, whenever yeah. when it was on, I don't know Wednesday or Thursday or something, we would yeah. sit and oh, Next Generation is on. We've Got to watch it, guys. Yeah. I got so. a confession. I've seen maybe three episodes of Next Generation. What? Oh, oh my god. Well, depends depends on the three. Uh, I couldn't tell you what three they were. I couldn't. I couldn't even. Couldn't even tell you. Don't even know. It's just something that never hit my radar. In the 90s, guys, I was just a drunken mess in the 90s. I'm sorry <laughs> well, to tell but, you. But but wait, Next Generation was 80s, wasn't it? It was. It started in 87, went yeah. off the year 94. Yeah. yeah. So Greg was no, that's, that, that's, 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 that's a dark time for me. It was a really dark time for me. <laughs> right. So what, what I will throw out there, one of my honest-to-God favorite episodes of it is an episode called Inner Light which is a pretty good standalone episode, solid bit of sci-fi writing, and I, I can't tell you what the episode is really about without giving the whole thing away. All I'll say is that watching it, for probably the first four-fifths of the episode, I thought it was the dumbest goddamn thing I'd ever seen on television, and when you get to the end and it ties everything together and explains what it was doing, I I almost cried. Wow. 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 Okay. wow. Amazing. All right, I'm watching that this week on your recommendation. Another strong Patrick Stewart performance, but you you have to finish it because I I talked to friends at the time and I had several friends that turned it off because they were like, this is just dumb and it doesn't make any sense. And I'm like, you have to finish it and you will love it if you finish it. Okay. 
<laughs> so, uh, anybody going to watch the uh, Picard? The new Star I, Trek that is, Picard? That is probably going to break me down to buy a CBS All Access as well, because I saw the trailer for it coming out of Comic-Con, and it, it yeah. hit all the right buttons, man. I am in. Hmm. Yeah, I enjoyed the Picard Star Trek movies. I saw most of those, I think. Yeah. There was a few of those. I saw I saw most of those. I think it's because you loved the TV show so much. Clearly, because it was it was just it was must watch TV every week in my house. Nico, John Luke Picard. And what about him? <laughs> <laughs> I fucked him. <laughs> Did we? Uh... I like him better than Shatner. You like him better than Shatz? Woo! Yeah, he's smart. That's strong. That's it. That's strong. Okay. All right. Well, guys, we're in the middle of summer, and we're talking about blockbusters. Yeah. All these movies we're talking about. I know where you're going. You're going. Star Wars, talking Star Trek. We're talking Avengers. We're talking Dune. Yeah. They're all fine films. We have to talk about the first blockbuster, because the first blockbuster, the first summer blockbuster ever had an anniversary recently, and that is Jaws. Jaws changed the way we watch movies during the summer. And this that is, is a no lie. Great article at CNN.com. Uh, how the movie Jaws forever changed the film industry. And uh, it says, at the time, 27-year-old Steven Spielberg had no big budget films under his belt when Jaws went into production. And the cast didn't have a single big star attached. Not to mention a looming actor strike, production delays, and numerous issues on the set could have easily sunk the production. However, the crew of the boat Orca, like the crew of the boat Orca, Jaws overcame the odds and became one of the most groundbreaking films the industry has ever seen. It was released 44 years ago. So this is a little, we're a little behind. Sorry, guys. But June 20th, 1975. So June 20th of this year was the 44th anniversary of this movie. Um, Incidentally, uh, Ian Shaw, who is Robert Shaw's son. Robert Shaw, of course, played Quint. I was hoping somebody saw this. Got this queued up. I posted this link. Ian Shaw, Robert Shaw's son, uh, is um, producing a movie called The Shark is Broken. Yes. And it's the story of the making of Jaws. It's it's in London. Is is that correct? It's being... Uh, I think he's making it in, yeah, Square Studios in Scotland. Scotland, okay. Yep. And uh, the reason I bring up Ian Shaw is that he does a dead-on impression of his dad, Robert Shaw. Yeah. First of all, let's just talk about the genius and greatness of Robert Shaw. Yeah, and go. this movie is just, it again, I'm going to just put it out there as bluntly as possible, is fucking phenomenal. If you do not know what real acting is like, <laughs> or you want to break down and cry watching somebody eat a scene alive... Watch Jaws. Oh, do yourself the biggest favor and just the whole movie is fantastic. But his scenes, swear to God, look, I'm getting goosebumps just talking about it because he's just that good. But yes, this Link and his son, and even the way he looks in the video on this is terrifyingly accurate. Yeah. So, so. this is this is at YouTube. Ian Shaw rehearsing the USS Indianapolis speech from Jaws this is Ian Shaw not Robert Shaw Yeah, his son, you gotta hear this, check this out first light chief, sharks come cruising so we formed ourselves into tight groups 
was kind of like old squares in a battle like you see in a calendar, like the Battle of Waterloo. And the idea was shark comes to the nearest man, that man he start pounding and hollering and screaming and sometimes that shark go away. Sometimes he wouldn't go away. Sometimes that shark he looks right into you, right into your eyes. You know the thing about a shark, he's got lifeless eyes, black eyes, like a doll's eyes. When he comes at you, he doesn't seem to be living till he bites you. And those black eyes roll over white and uh, and you hear that terrible high-pitched screaming, the ocean turns red, and despite all the pounding and the hollering, they all come in and they rip you to pieces. Oh, so good. So good. So that's so him practicing this the video above that where he's dressed like his father with the hat and right, everything. Right, and like the army jacket. It's so eerie. Yeah. Like uncanny how much he looks like him. Yeah. And sounds like so, him. So I read an interview with Spielberg years ago about Jaws, and he told a story about filming that, that scene that the son just did there, the, the very famous uh, USS Indianapolis monologue. And Robert Shaw was not ready to go that day yeah. and just could not get his shit together during yeah. the, the shooting. And Shaw just went up on his lines and stopped at one point, and Spielberg was so frustrated, Spielberg never called cut. He just let the camera run until it ran out of film just to leave Robert Shaw hanging and drive home the point of how frustrated he was with his actor. And mm. to Robert Shaw's credit, as a much older, much more mature and established figure in Hollywood that Spielberg was, at the end of it he said, I, I let you down, Stevie. I'm sorry. Let me, you know, let me do it again i promise you i will do better didn't have a fit and storm off the set although if he had that would not have been the biggest problem that happened on jaws jesus but yeah what a great story i mean can you just imagine as a 27 year old in that scenario and you've got this giant actor figure there who's not pulling their weight and instead of calling cut you just are like no let it roll no let it roll and everybody around you is getting super uncomfortable it's like no let it roll until it physically the camera physically runs out of film Man. I just can't even imagine that. Yeah, but when he came back and did that sequence and the stories yeah. about how he prepped for that after that and then just delivered what is seriously the meatiest monologue sequence ever. I mean, it's up there. It is absolutely one of my top five greatest moments in film is when he's doing that speech it's just phenomenal and then knowing what you're talking about dave the problems on that set i'm not going to talk about the technical problems but the fact that robert shaw the way he played as an actor and as a regular person uh richard dreyfus through the entire production of that set or that movie <laughs> is one of the most dick. phenomenal stories you'll ever see and this is one of the reasons why i will not sell my laserdisc giant box set because it has the complete uncut two and a half hour documentary which talks about it and it's brilliant hmm. he is that the won. one the shark is still not working or something like that yes is that what it's called Okay. Yes, there yeah, is that's a really edited, good one. There's an edited version on the DVD and the Blu-ray anniversary editions, but the Laserdisc has the full, I think, two and a half hour, two hour and 47 minute documentary. 
and seriously Robert Shaw was absolutely genius but at the same time the biggest fucking asshole ever to Richard Dreyfus, and it shows in that movie and that's what makes that movie just perfect because he played him as the real characters in that film and it makes the uncomfortable tension between him and Dreyfus perfect and of course you also have Roy Scheider who became a big star following that movie who really hadn't done much until then and the but the 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 personality that that uh, Spielberg credits for the success of the movie is John Williams. Oh, of course. Spielberg oh, yeah. says that at least half of the success can be attributed to John Williams' score. Of course, the famous score from Jaws um, says uh, here again, reading at CNN.com. Uh, Much of the film's success can be attributed to the TV marketing budget. So this is the first, also, that Universal put. Mm-hmm. Um, a huge amount of money into television marketing for the film. Um, and it was the largest, this is a university, sorry, universal publicity director, Clark Ramsey said it was the largest expenditure of advertising on a, on a movie release in the history of the company. So they marketed well, they hit the summer season when folks were off and on vacation. It was a movie about the beach. It was a movie about the beach, and it just became a, a phenomenon. Yeah, God, I'm going to go home and watch that movie till three o'clock in the morning. <laughs> it's just so cost good. them seven hundred thousand to film the it movie. It actually still holds up for a movie that's made in 1973, whatever 74. It still so, holds yeah. up to this day. Seven hundred thousand to to film the movie, and it earned seven million its opening weekend. Opening weekend, yeah. And, and that the this is uh, Spielberg's first major studio film, right? Yeah. yeah. Duel was a TV movie. Yes. And Outside of Sugarland Express. Sugarland yeah, Express was his first the, major the, motion picture, but we'll just we'll we'll talk we'll give Jaws a little bit of credit. We're gonna have to do a Sugarland Express episode because that's a, are, that's another John Williams soundtrack. Right? I was gonna say also scored by John Williams. Uh, a <laughs> yeah. couple other interesting facts about it. Um, this is one of those films for me personally. Maybe you guys, I don't know if you've read the book, but it is based off of a novel by Peter Benchley, um, who does make an appearance in the film. Hmm. He is the newscaster guy uh, on the field, out on the beach when they're talking about the shark attack. Oh, that's Benchley? That's no Benchley, kidding. yes. Oh. Um, the book is really a, a great book, but it's one of those things where I really appreciated the differences that Spielberg brought to the screen because there's a lot of more heavy subject matter in the book where there is like an actual, I think, an affair that happens. Yeah, I, I think the book is very different than the film. Yeah, it's it's really it's really a, a, a heady book and 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 kind of a the the pro, what's turned out to be the prototypical summer blockbuster film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But again, good for the read. You get a little bit more character and darkness to it, whereas the the film is definitely a summer action, more blockbuster, dramatic type film. But. So Jaws is the first movie that I remember seeing in the theater. And I walked in, we were running late. I walked in with the girl being pulled back and forth across the sea in the opening sequence. <laughs> <laughs> and what, it was 72? Naked. 75. 75. So I was seven, and my mother took me to see Jaws. And that girl it was, was rated all PG. kinds of naked. Wait, yeah, time out. It was rated PG. <laughs> Jaws was rated PG. That is correct. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yes. No kidding. Yeah, because yeah I'm kind of judging guidance. the ratings people. 
<laughs> Would Jaws have been rated PG if it was released last year? Not at all. Okay, so no. those ratings have changed. Oh, yeah. No, I I think it could still pull a PG thirteen. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, especially it, it could the- definitely pull an eighties PG thirteen. Maybe not a today PG thirteen because there is a lot of side boob in it. But hmm. there is there that's, is that's a fair distinction. An an eighties PG thirteen. That's fair. Temple yeah. of Doom PG thirteen. Yeah, I'll sure. go with that. Yeah. yeah. Is Temple ta- of Doom, hang on, I'm going to be that guy. Temple of Doom wasn't PG-13. Temple of Doom was the movie that inspired the PG-13. Well, I was going to say, that was yes. one of the last, the, the last furors over the over the not having a PG-13 rating, wasn't it? Because he rips his heart out, and they're Ripping like, oh my god, heart. you can't show that to kids? Yeah, I'm, I thought it was another film in that that was the movie that got the first PG-13. Maybe I'm wrong on that then. I, I can't. Hmm. You guys are probably right on that. Let's trust the old internet. Because <laughs> the internet never... Never lies. Never lies. To, yeah. to the best of my recollection, the very first PG-13 movie yeah. to be released, Red Dawn, am I right on that? You are right, sir. Oh, right on, well, on August, August, on what August, hang on, on August 10th. Is that the drop day for this show? August 10th, 1984, Red Dawn was oh. released. God damn, mm. I think you're right. You're all right. Okay. August 10th, the show hits. We're sidetracking oh, on this, but what I'm a great movie. You know what? You know what? That's Red something Dawn we should fantastic. do an episode on, Steve. Yeah, oh, is yeah, we yeah. should do an episode on Red Dawn because that movie does Red not Dawn. get enough pre- enough credit anymore. Seriously, it's I am so movie. on board with Dave right now. I can't even tell you. I got. I'm flipping out because I just introduced <laughs> this movie to my family about a month ago, and it is still freaking awesome. It remake of that movie a couple of years ago and that yeah fucking shitty. sucks <laughs> it was shitty it had tom cruise's son in it and i think it was north korea instead of the Don't. soviets that invaded yeah. tom cruise's Who's son? son yeah yeah you're kidding me no i did not make that up no i didn't even know he had a son and and the hemsworth right one of the hemsworth boys is in it. i'm sure okay. one of the hemsworth boys was in it might be liam does somebody they're, they're say been... get up here and pee in the radiator no okay I don't think so. All right. I don't think that happened. No, just don't. Just ignore <laughs> that in the Point Break remake. Please just ignore Man. that. Like, we didn't even have that happen. Red Dawn CAC had uh, Patrick Swayze. Yep. yep. You had the, pre- the pre-crazy Charlie Sheen. Yep. You had Emilio Estevez, right? Oh. Yep. yep. Uh, Leah Thompson. Uh, Leah Thompson. Thank yep. you very much. Jennifer Grey from yep. Dirty Dancing. That's yeah, right. and Patrick Swayze from Dirty Dancing. Yeah. Um, wow, what a cast. Holy cow. Uh, shit, Powers Booth Powers was the gonna... the crazed, shot down Air Force guy. Yep, mm-hmm. Lane Smith was in there somewhere. Harry Dean Stanton is yep. the dad. He's mm-hmm. the dad that gets killed in the uh, uh, camp, the uh, camp. All right, double uh, feature guys: Jaws and then Red Dawn immediately following. Uh, I'm gonna go home and watch that now too. <laughs> Damn, mm. I'm gonna be up till four o'clock. It's kind of dated, though, because Russians aren't really the bad guys anymore. No, apparently not. No, everybody loves Russia now. They're great. Yeah. They're great. <laughs> they're, not, they're not a problem. Just ask our president. <laughs> Isn't he over there helping them with the fires right no now? No one's allowed to watch Red Dawn. I'm surprised he didn't ask them to rake up the forests in, in Siberia or wherever the fires are. <laughs> hey, let's stay on sci-fi here a little bit more, guys. Um, sci-Fi Wire reporting from San Diego Comic-Con. Mark Singer and Kenneth Johnson talked about the path and future of V. Yeah, we're going to have a little clash moment here between me and another person on this show. Now, I'm not of the V, oh. so so I, I, I'm just not of it. I don't have an opinion about it either okay, way. I watched okay. one episode, and it didn't stick with me. So 
what is the Clash of the Titans here? I, I think it was Greg. I'm sorry, Greg, I'm calling you out, but I think you're the one that mm-hmm. threw some shade at V for mm-hmm. some reason. But V was so damn good, man. Come no, on. No, I, I wasn't throwing shade at V. I was I was saying what is the better Mark Singer prop project? Oh. Was it V or was it the Beastmaster guys? And oh, I, yeah. I'm team Beastmaster, dude. Well, okay, I, it's hard to argue that because Beastmaster is it's it's beast. Okay. Were there were there ferrets in V? Were there ferrets in V? No, no there, there was... were lizard people in V. Greg, pay attention. Was there a was there a spray painted tiger in V? Guys, was there a spray painted tiger? <laughs> Did anyone punch that tiger? That's all I want to know. Uh, and no... and the pièce de résistance were Tanya Roberts' boobs in V. Ooh, mm, that is a good. That's a good selling point right there. Uh, no, but I will say this: it does have Jane Badler as the main villain in V, and she follows me on Instagram, so I have to give her a lot of props <laughs> and shout out. Scott is giving the, uh, the nod because it, of his socials now. Is it I at, respect. I, Scott, just for the record, I respect that. I just want you to know. Scott Ivansky Photography. Is that what? Throw just, that out there. Just at Scott Ivansky. Okay. Really? Yeah. How'd you land that? I well, because I'm a fucking fan, man. It's it's okay. Got you. Jane Badler. talks fucking okay. V nonstop. Scott, Can't get him to stop talking about goddamn <laughs> V. Scott, let me, Scott let me just say this: are both of the V. Okay, Let's Mr. Mr. Beastmaster here just gave his fucking resume about Beastmaster. <laughs> um, by the way, Rip Torn, Rip Torn, <laughs> Rip Torn, who we lost recently. We uh, did. Yes, mm. we can remember him forever in the Beastmaster. We mm. a, and many other great roles that he's been in. However, since Greg went on that laundry list, I will say this, and because I brought up Jane Badler, one of the most badass scenes in the entire saga is when she you see her dislocate her jaw and eat the giant gerbil for the oh, first time. I, okay, I've seen that clip. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. she gets caught doing it, sort of like right. I think. So. Oh yeah, Mark Mark Singer. Sees he, like her. sees her, yeah. realize she's an alien. He vi- yeah, he videotapes her. Yeah. All right, so uh, at San Diego Comic Con, Johnson sounds kinky. Mentioned some exciting <laughs> details. <laughs> she ate the gerbil uh, about the p- a potential V feature film. It wasn't a Richard Gere video, Greg. <laughs> <laughs> so, does anyone know about this? Or uh, Dave, I, yeah, did you I, put this on our thread? What What's the story with that. this V yeah. feature film? What's going so, on? Here? So, Kenneth Johnson is the guy who. So, V in terms of sci-fi, just real quick for people. If you saw Independence Day with the large alien crafts appearing over American cities, that is a direct ripoff to the NBC miniseries from 1984 called V. Aliens show up, large motherships over the cities. That was in V. That was on TV. It was a real benchmark show at the time for its effects and its budget. It looks cheesy as shit today, yes. but ama- amazing stuff for the time. And it was Kenneth super Johnson- popular for that first year. It was. Yeah, the first the first original the first original miniseries was super popular. It was written and conceived by Kenneth Johnson, and it's largely a conceit to what happened at the beginning of World War II when the the Nazis rose to power in Germany. Just the aliens are the Nazis. They show up and they're everybody's friend and they ostracize the people in society that are most likely to, you know, discover what they're really up to and turn us against each other and have a big, you know, plot to take over the world. But Kenneth Johnson was let go after V. It kind of went off in a different direction with uh, another miniseries and a short-lived TV series afterwards, but he is back to try to do a a feature on the concept because the concept is still, I think, very loved 
by the generation of us that grew up seeing that on TV and going through what that meant as event television. It's a concept that certainly would work again today to revisit. It's one that he's revisited in books. He actually had a uh, sanctioned novel came out that was uh, a conclusion to his V story that kind of ignored some of the events of the TV series and V, the final battle that showed here's what happened on Earth, you know, 20 years after the event of the uh, original miniseries. So I'm I'm color me intrigued. I want to see what happens with this. And there is a Blu-ray release of V coming out in a couple of months. And I will say if it has the commentary tracks, I'm in. If it doesn't, I'm hanging on to my original DVD. Yeah. Yeah. Plus, the V, the original miniseries, introduced us to Robert Englund, Freddy oh, Krueger. Okay. Yes. Yeah. yeah he was a, a stuttering alien who was just as harmless as harmless could be and is one of the guys, one of the folks who defects and yeah. sides with the humanity and the rebellion Such a, it's against such a our new alien fun. overlords. Minus the cheesy effects of the day, which were fantastic back then for a TV miniseries, it's still, a, it's a loved show. Like, it's really fun to watch and just the themes are there. So I think yeah. you'll, you'll enjoy it if you ever get a chance. Okay. Check it out. I gotta go check it. So yeah. it was a mini series, not a regular television show. No, it, it, it was ran a, as a mini series. Three three it, nights. It was, oh yeah, it was a mini series that developed into a show, but the, the it, it had lost its mojo, and 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 uh-huh. I didn't know any of the backstory stuff that Dave went into. But I guess you know once the original creator left, it kind of <clears throat> got it. Yeah. It, yeah. it 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 went down creatively from there. So that's that's a good explanation as to why. Yeah, and, and to be honest, the story that he was originally telling, it was this this conceit of what this warning about the rise of, of fascism. It was a, a, an exact parallel to what happened in World War in before World War II with the rise of the Nazis in Germany. I mean, there's even a, a visitor youth program in yeah. the show. The V is short for visitors. That's what the alien race is called. They're called the visitors. They to Get you know get access to the youth, launch a visitors youth program. It's in a direct analogy, you know, comparison to the Hitler youth program from Germany in the 30s. Hmm. Cool. Well, I can knock that out in a Saturday afternoon. Sounds like. Oh yeah, absolutely. Right. I, I yeah. would advise after done. the after the original, I would at least check out um, what was it? V the Return or the Final Battle, which was the the follow up. The final battle. The final battle. The final battle. You can just skip the miniseries. It's. I mean, how long? Well, not the miniseries, the uh, the TV series. The original TV series. It's one one season. Yeah. Or okay. better yet, just go watch Beastmaster. <laughs> <laughs> you, you really can't go wrong either way. So. All right, guys, we're getting close to the end here. We need yeah. to wrap this up. We got to bring it back to the wars here. Let's do it. There's there's a few stories we got to hit on Star Wars at the end. It is a Star Wars podcast. It used to be anyway. <laughs> Sometimes. So Sometimes. there's some great there's some great stuff that's been thrown out there. And one of the things I really wanted to cover was this trailer that's been released recently. Uh, from it's the original teaser trailer for The Empire Strikes Back, released in 1980. This is uh, on YouTube Star Wars Episode Five: The Empire Strikes Back (parentheses 1980) teaser teaser trailer. Now, what's unique about this is there's no shots from the empire strikes back yeah. in this trailer it's all done with the with ralph McQuarrie art now you've you've seen this before right steve no i hadn't seen this until a week ago really okay, pretty sure this has been <laughs> it's the one where the pictures of McQuarrie's art it's like this kind of 
folding slideshow that kind of right. fades in. This has been around forever. Okay. I mean, obviously it was an original tease thing, yeah. but they wanted to get people, you know, the story behind it, right? It, it was basically, they wanted people to see a little bit about the imp. They knew another star Wars film was coming. They yeah. didn't have any actual footage, but they wanted to show the production art to give you an idea of where star Wars was going. Got it. And, and so why this is relevant now is that it was played at the second ever San Diego comic-con. Ah, wow. Wait, right. second? Second ever is what I read today. So let's let let me just uh, roll a little bit of this. This is uh, youtube.com Star Wars episode 5, The Empire Strikes Back 1980. Check this out. The Empire has been repulsed, but this one defeat will increase its determination to crush the rebellion once and for all. <laughs> In the continuation of the Star Wars saga, the Empire strikes back, and Luke, Han, and Princess Leia must confront its awesome might. Princess Leia. Yeah. Interesting. I do love all the pre-epic movie guy voice trailers <laughs> right. that they have, too, because then in the 80s, and once Arnold Schwarzenegger's movies got real popular, it was always that guy, in a world where I'm one man, had one mission. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> This guy just going, and Gumpsy, Darth Vader, Princess Leah, Luke Weaker. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, this is worth a view, though, uh, for fans. Go check this out at YouTube. Uh, it's really interesting. You see all the original Macquarie art, and uh, they're really, of course, it really lines up well with what was shot, but none of the, none of the movies actually shown in this trailer. Yeah. Kind of interesting. Yeah. Good stuff. Um, Let's see. What else do I have here, guys? Oh, this is huge. Science, science fan. Scientists named a new fossil species after the Millennium Falcon. This is uh, Art Technica. Art ArtArzTechnica.com. Sorry. Scientists name a new fossil species after Millennium Falcon from Star Wars. It's a 500-year-old anthropod. That made the Kessel run in twelve parsecs, according to this article. It's shaped a little bit like the Falcon. So again, Star Wars invading every part of our culture and our society. It's everywhere. Yeah, we can't escape it. Can't escape it. It's everywhere. I gotta love it. And you also can't escape those old arcade games. You know those original games. Love them. Like the stand-up oh. ones that you used to stand in front of and put yeah. your quarter on the glass. Yeah. And, you know, they had the old Star Wars Episode 4, Episode 5 that you could play. The old graphics. and I don't think they had an Episode 5. No? I think it went from Star Wars. They skipped that, and then they went right to the Return of the Jedi upright games. Okay. I, I'm pretty sure. Well, you it... know, there's a local bar literally right behind my house. We share an alleyway. Yeah. And they have a bunch of pinball machines. And they have uh, the Empire Strikes Back pinball there but let me tell you how fucked up this situation is it's like 50 cents to play every other pinball game there i think a deadpool one is 75 cents it's a dollar 25 to play the star wars empire strikes back fucking pinball machine that's I, say, I, I thought you're gonna say and only one flipper works on that or something like that this is bullshit Pat well this if you discrimination if you save enough of your quarters you can actually save up and buy your own stand-up Star Wars home arcade game from 
GameStop of all things, of all of all yeah. websites, they're, they're selling. They're the it. ones distributing it. They're not the ones making it. It's they're the ones distributing right, it. And and it. Let me tell you, it is that original vector graphics, which is the green lines making, and you're going down the trench run. I want this thing, guys. I want it something hard. So it's it's uh, four ninety nine. So five hundred bucks. Very affordable. You get three games. <laughs> I just get, need to figure out which cat is not going to be living here anymore. That's all I got to figure you out. You get you get Star Wars. Scott, I got to correct you. Unless they created this, you get yeah. the Empire Strikes Back. I have never seen it. And then you get Return of the Jedi. So product details: the Star Wars home arcade game features the artwork from the original arcade machine on the cabinet. And the included riser. It's just over five feet tall, slightly below four feet without the riser. So this is like a little, sort of a miniature version of what we played in arcades, right? This isn't the standard size cabinet. It's Those standard size cabinets were not on a riser and they were not four feet tall. No, no, no. They were, what, six, oh, six feet Probably oh, close to six feet tall, yeah. yeah. Uh, you get a, a light-up marquee, full-color 17-inch display with dual speakers. Uh, these features combined with the... Uh, right feel, flight, yoke, and control buttons for endless hours of gaming. Could be yours for five hundred bucks, Nico, if you save some of those quarters. You know what? All of us go in a hundred bucks a piece. I'm not going to lie to you, and it, and it can live in my house. <laughs> D- Dave and I were recently <laughs> at, the, at the Orange County Fair, and there was a, a vendor there selling retro games that with modern tech and screens. And they had one that was around like four hundred bucks. We're going. If we just chip in two hundred bucks a piece, we can. Just, we, can just, we were pretty close to buying Galaga. I'll tell you. And, and, oh and the awkward part was we were standing there going, "Oh, Steve was like, oh yeah, I can put that at my house. That's not a problem." And that's the moment when Lisa and Christine walk up right behind. Us. <laughs> exactly. She's like, "No, that's not happening. You got a kid in college now." What? Um, it was it was it was built in a wine barrel though, so we thought we had yeah. a shot. The, Actually, con- the case was a wine barrel, so we. We thought we had a 50-50 chance of making this work. Because of the wine barrel, Lisa did not say no immediately. No came later. Oh, so so Scott's pulled up some uh, video game play with the old vector graphics. I'm, I'm going to tell you, oh, I've fun. never seen the Empire Strikes Back vector game there you go. graphics. Yeah. So, ever. But getting adaptation. back to Greg's, Greg's offer to chip in and it can live at his house. Yeah, okay. That's right. I'm just, I'm just curious. I'm generously offering. Do you, I'm just curious is... where, buddy, because I've been to your house. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Well, here's the funny thing. He'll, Greg's, he'll Greg's my house in my house is no different. I'm not throwing a stone. I just want to make sure the plan can be executed if I'm coughing up a hundred bucks. Well, hey. you know, I I have a kid. I'm kicking out of here any day now. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, mine's going to Portland, and I have a bar in my actual house where video games do like to go. So let's just put it next to the bar. You guys can all come over. It's a big space, lots of drinks. Fuck you, Scott. I'm not spending a dollar fifty to play your stupid Star Wars arcade game. Nico, I don't think you have to put coins in. It's two dollars and fifty for you. For if you're if you're if you're under the age of thirty, you have to put quarters into play. I'll come back next year. <laughs> all right, we got two more stories to go here, guys. Disney Parks, really quick. Back to Disney released a new app. And uh, it's called the Disney Play app, or Play Disney, I guess. Play Disney Parks. This thing is this thing looks really cool. So when Dave, when we were at uh, Galaxy's Edge, we we really we needed this because you load up this app and it interacts with the environment. It turns your phone into a data pad. Includes a map that you can uh, interact with different attractions. Now I think. 
real quick, and I think this app has been around for a while. They've okay. just updated it to include Galaxy's Edge. Oh, but it's you. been it's been a like. It's been something so you could entertain the kids while you're in line. Give them something to do while you're in line. There's I a see. bunch of stuff at Peter Pan because Peter Pan is notoriously a long ride for such a long line for such a short kitty ride. Right. Um, but there's there's so you can play this app while you're in the line there. So so the addition is the Galaxy's Edge, uh, Black Spire Outpost uh, menus, I guess, in this because you can you can go in and you can. Uh, you you become part of the ongoing game that day at Disney. You pick whether or not you are a sympathizer with the rebellion or the empire, and uh, you can play along with the crowd and sort of like hack different portals, install defenses, uh, hack imperial strongholds, and this thing makes it makes your experience there at Disney more interactive. Looks really fun, and it's free. So there you go. There you go. Check it out in the App Store. Play Disney Parks. Hey, I'm just to give Disney some credit for for I you know I'm pleased with everything they've done with this park. I have not been yet, but you know they've really tried to make this a really fun experience for everybody who goes to the park. I'm really pleased that. with that. Do we have a date set for that? By the way, early September. Well, we actually, mid September. Mid September. We need to ink that. Yeah. Okay. We need to get that on the calendar. Certainly. So I'm going to do a rewind for the show for a moment. Back okay. to the trailer that you're talking about. If yes. you picked up, that trailer is available on multiple formats. Um, but if you picked up the original DVD box set, ah. it's on there. All of them on the bonus disc section. Okay. It should also be on the Blu-ray. So maybe it's a hidden feature or something oh, you need to that. dig around for. Maybe I've just forgotten. No, it's all good. There's, I've forgotten more things than I've ever known. There so. are a ton of trailers <laughs> and teasers for each one of those films. So yeah. there's a lot of digging and looking around. That's right. I remember the Blu-ray box set had a whole disc of just yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. back trailers and stuff and if you want to i mean you thought that guy's voice on empire was bad watch the original teaser from the very first star wars and it is bad oh yeah no it's not bad take bite your tongue sir it's fantastic oh it's fantastic (laughs) because i love really bad shit it's so bad it's great (laughs) oh yeah it is yeah all right last story of the day guys abc news reporting the mysterious pink shorts boom guy yes from the making of Star Wars has been found. Oh, thank God. Now, you guys know what I'm talking about here, right? This is one of the classic photos from the making of Star Wars. There's a guy holding a boom mic, and they're in the middle of the African desert, right? And he's wearing nothing but, like, pink short shorts. Yeah, like OPs, those (laughs) those original, like, oh, yeah. They look like dolphin shorts. Oh, yeah. I mean, they're tiny. And he's, they he's, were popular in the day, Steve. Don't don't act like you didn't uh, own a pair. I'm wearing them now. Come I, on. I almost wore mine tonight. <laughs> the man's name is Ken Nightinghall. And he is the mysterious pink shorts guy that cosplayers now uh, at Comic-Cons and uh, at Comic-Con and Star Wars Celebration show up wearing really? the pink shorts. Yes. Yes. Yeah, there's I, I'm not seeing an image to show you right now, Greg, but okay. um, walking around with a with fake boom oh, mic. There we go. Yeah. Yeah, there we go. If you go to this article on uh, abcnews.go.com, uh, you can see cosplayers of the pink shorts guy. That's amazing. That's Star Wars Celebration. So this last Comic-Con, the the, the, uh, cosplay people that have been showing up in all the video or or the the photo galleries, there's this guy walking around like this with the giant boom mic at Comic-Con. So all of us that have been there know there's 125,000 people crammed into this 
like, well, I shouldn't say small venue, but it's a venue. And this dude's walking around with this like 12 foot boom mic. <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah. I don't know if that's the one. I can't see the photo, but uh, there are shots of this guy in there you go. a crowd of just thousands of people. Oh, that's yeah. so wow. Th- this this shot on uh, ABC's website has three three guys. Okay. The two on the left and the middle definitely have it. <laughs> yeah, the one they got the one guy with the long shorts. He's really, he's yeah, he's yeah. he's failed at his mission. And he's got a shirt on. I mean, yeah. he's he's he just needs to let it all hang out. So that that's my goal now, guys. Is uh, by next show or ne- by next year, okay. I want a T-shirt on the front has the pink shorts, boom guy, yes, iron on, and on the back I want ice cream maker guy. That's that's my goal. Right oh yeah, there. oh that's yeah. good. That's solid. So right? really quick, I gotta I gotta <laughs> I gotta read this quote. Uh, there's uh, one of the cosplayers here. His name is Steve Copeland. He's from Riverside. And uh, of course, he's from of course he is. Fuck. He says finding an obscure character like that and having fun with it is absolutely the biggest thrill for us. Copeland said, "Star Wars shaped our lives. This is something we love doing." <laughs> this is great. Copeland, a member of the 501st Legion fan costuming group, once invested about $5,000 to build a highly detailed, screen-accurate Darth Vader costume. But his pink shorts boom guy outfit with clothing purchase from, clothing purchase from Amazon, the pole from Home Depot costs him less than 60 bucks. Is this guy an official 501st member with yeah. the pink shorts? Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. You've got to be kidding me. You can dress as no, anybody in I that. Think... Yeah. It's probably the Vader thing, but God, let's yeah. be real. It's probably the Vader thing, but yeah. <laughs> we can we can all dream that it's just the pink shorts that got him the five hundred first. <laughs> Bob Iger had a comment about it. I like enthusiasm. There, even though he doesn't have any himself. It just keeps getting smoother and smoother the more we do this. I was going to say screeching to a halt this show. (laughs) Oh, man. Fell off the edge of a cliff we did there. What the hell happened? How, Scott. Yeah. Are you going to go to Star Wars Celebration for at least one day? I'll try. Okay. I will try. How much would... If he's not dead by then, guys. Will you go as pink shorts, guy? Oh, you goddamn right! I will. I, I'm gonna have the biggest boom mic in that fucking convention. I mean, it's yeah, mm. and the tightest pink shorts. I'm not kidding you. I will wear them. It's gonna be terrifying. I think you already might have the uh, biggest boom mic. I do. Some people say at Star that. Wars Celebration. Yes, at Star Wars. Definitely at Star Wars Celebration. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, well, if you've ever seen Scott's boom mic, whoa. Ugh. I know a few guys on the show that have. <laughs> wow. Anthony Daniels has C3PO. <laughs> Not in this room. We haven't. <laughs> Give us a call and let us know how it looked on the Wretched Hive hotline. That's 562 That's 562-455-HIVE. That's H-I-V-E in case you can't spell HIVE. Goddamn right. You can also find us <laughs> online at thewretchedhive.net, on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Wretched Hive Podcast. Are we doing after, after credits, after thing, discussion about it? We don't have any. No we don't. Ha- you have some speculation? No, 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 no. I, don't, I just didn't know. No, no we don't have any saved. Yeah, okay. We don't have any speculation saved. No 
You can speculate something if you want to. Well, I have to do one quick shout-out to my friend Todd, who is a diehard fan of the show, and I really appreciate everything. We uh, stopped in San Francisco and said hey to him. He's an artist. He lives on uh, Haight-Ashbury and just a wonderful guy. Known him for 30-some-odd years. Hey, Todd. Thanks for listening, man. (laughs) Ooh, he gets the David Lee Roth treatment. Disclaimer. (laughs) Disclaimer. This is not... Hey, this is and- not the same Todd that has the ridiculous Ray theory no. that no. I've brought up. Not the same Todd. No, 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 no. Guys, that was a fun show. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll see you in the next couple of weeks. And as always, may the Force be with us all. Beep, beep. I'm getting my tiki shit on this week, baby. Nailed it. Baby. Oh, this is fucking smooth. <laughs> <sighs> All right, it's a wrap. This is solid. it's a wrap. It's solid, man. <laughs>